This is Around the Nest for 2019. We are just about set to get everything started. Next week we'll find out our rosters, and then after that, opening day and the minor league baseball season will begin at the full season level, April the 4th, the scheduled opening day. I'm Jesse Goldberg-Strassler, and it's time to go jay-talking around the Blue Jays organization with an interesting episode in store for you, because before it's time for the regular season, there's spring training, and your broadcasters of Around the Nest got that major league experience. Each of us was invited down to call some Blue Jays' Grapefruit League action, and the rainouts got in the way of both mine and the next voice that you'll hear our experiences we still got to call a major league game. So let me bring in first Jim Tarabokia, voice of the Dunedin Blue Jays. Jim, starting off 2019, how was your major league spring training call? Um, I, uh, I looked at Tom Young, who is the producer and engineer of the Blue Jays radio network after the game, and I told him, I said, that kind of sucked, didn't it? And um, he he vehemently said, no, no, no. And then began complimenting me up and down. Um, so, uh, I'm, you know, you're your harshest critic and I was certainly my, my harshest critic. Um, but, uh, I, I think the, the whole day was an excellent experience and, um, we're starting, I think we're starting to see throughout major league baseball now where, um, along with so many other changes, uh, younger guys coming up to the minor leagues are, are getting shots to call major league spring training games. And we talk about all the time how, how minor league doing minor league broadcasting is, is a great training ground. It's almost a, like a dress rehearsal in a way for your career, partially anyway. Um, I, I think uh, and it helps you grow. I, I think the biggest, but you get so much growth, uh, even maybe a little bit bigger growth when you're at that major league level, getting a chance to uh, to call a major league game. I mean, everybody always says, you know, it's just like it's just another game. Just go up there and call it. Well, it's really not just another game. There's a lot of elements that go into it. Um, there's your emotions that are involved. There's um, a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. Uh, once you settle in and once you're actually talking behind the microphone, that's when it's an actual game and then it's just a normal game for you in the booth and you let your, your talents take over. But um, I don't believe – I believe there's a lot more that goes into it. And I think the whole experience was a great opportunity to um, get a taste of what it's like on a daily basis to call a game at the major league level and how to get into your own routine and, and gain a little bit of wisdom um, and experience that could ultimately help you and in, in things you can take away from that and, and apply to um, your career currently at the minor league level. How did you spend your time leading up to the broadcast that day? Yeah, I remember. Well, my first game um, was, uh, uh, I, I know with you, it was, in, it was in Dunedin, so maybe it was a, a little bit different from mine where I was in um, Tampa. I was at Steinbrenner Field, and um, that's, of course, home to the Yankees uh, spring training facility and um, home to the Tampa Tarpons uh, in the summer. And I, I go there very often in the summertime, and, um, I, I, I'm very used to uh, that ballpark, but even being used to the ballpark, you know, you're wa- walking in and, and yes, I kind of knew where everything was, but it was still very overwhelming. I mean, they always draw really great there. And uh, I remember walking in and, and trying to find Ben and, and, and heading up to the, to the booth and sitting down trying to get into a routine. And it was at that point where I just kind of uh, threw my, you know, hands up in the air and, and, and said, you know what, forget the routine today, shadow Ben and, and, 
and try to learn as much as you can and just go with the flow, you know, and let it happen because you're not all alone here. Um, so you have to be more flexible today. So um, I, I, you know, I, I took that approach and talked a little bit with Ben. We talked and then um, went down to the field and heard Charlie uh, Montoyo talk for a little bit. Um, and then watched batting practice, said hello to a couple of people. John Schneider was one. I got a chance to say hi to him and, and speak with him, who was our manager a couple of years ago, and Dunneen, a friend of mine. And um, I got a chance to talk to Kevin Smith, who also was there that day. I, I waved to Bo and, um, and, and just got a chance to be around the cage a little bit and kind of see and take it all in being on the field there and seeing fans filing in. You know, it kind of takes you back to when you were a kid, you know, going to all these ballparks and, and seeing all these people around the batting cage, you know, all these adults around the batting cage, uh, you know, and you wonder what's really going on. And to be in that moment uh, on that on the field at that time, even though it was a spring training game, seeing all these fans file in and kind of watching BP, you know, Toronto's BP and, and, and you on the field in the center of that, it, it, it's humbling experience. It's a little – it's overwhelming, certainly, but um, – uh, I, I, you know, leading up to it, I just kind of let it all, let it all hang out. Was there any final thing that you took away from that, either into this upcoming season or just in general, personally? I, you know, I took a, you know, I, for me, I, I learned, like I said, it, it's always the, you know, learning experience. Um, everything is every day. I mean, um, there are still times things I'm learning at the minor league level. Um, and I've been doing this for a while now, as you have. I mean, I'm, and uh, you always, I think you just always learn something new um, and something new. Uh, Mark Newman used to be in the um, Yankees um, <clears throat> front office uh, years ago and recently retired. Um, him and I spoke over the winter. And he told me, he taught me something um, that I've applied to not only my career, but my, my, now my life. He said, you know, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. And, uh, you know, knowledge is understanding that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is understanding that you shouldn't put it in a uh, fruit salad. And um, for me, I, I, I applied that to – I apply that pretty much to every situation now. And um, understanding what that really means, I got a chance to um, get a little bit more wisdom and what I can do uh, at the minor league level that can almost in a way simulate um, – being a major league broadcaster. Um, in other words, um, being a little bit more strict in um, scheduling times uh, on the media relations side, um, whether it be for me or media members, to actually talk with uh, the manager or the players and setting up a structure like that, simulated structure to where, you know, if you ever get that chance at the major league level um, to have have that uh, ability to understand what it's like and to be a little bit more comfortable rather than just going in straight in and, and, and you know, kind of going in blindly and, and not knowing what to expect. And I think that experience, like I mentioned earlier, this is why it's great that young broadcasters throughout baseball are getting a chance to do this because, you know, if you're smart, you can now take what you've learned from that experience and what they do at the major league level, even though it's spring training, you can take some of that and apply it to what you're doing at the minor league level so it makes that transition a little bit easier um, whenever you get to the next level, whether it be advanced day or double-A, triple-A, whatever. So that's ultimately what I took away from it. Uh, you know, again, um, you know, we all have our styles of broadcasting. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, you're always trying to tweak with. But I, I think more so it's, it's the off-the-field stuff, so to speak, that, uh, or off-the-mic stuff 
that uh, you can apply to what you're doing now um, that, that could help you transition later on in your career. Jim, thank you. Jim Tarabokia, voice of the Dunedin Blue Jays. We'll check back with you next week. And over the course of as the season progresses, as you get all of my lug nuts, including the manager, Cesar Martin, you're going to enjoy working with him. I've, I've heard good things. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Jim Tarabokia, voice of the Dunedin Blue Jays at Jim Tara on Twitter, and he was the guy that led off and the guy who got the next call, the next minor league broadcaster to step up into the major league booth was Tyler Murray. Tyler, how are you? Jesse, I'm doing well, thank you. I miss Florida so much. I'm actually at a Chick-fil-A drive through right now, the only one in New Hampshire. So uh, thank you for bearing with the sounds <laughs> you might be hearing on the outskirts. Tyler Murray with the Class AA New Hampshire Fisher Cats. How was your Grapefruit League experience? Well, it was terrific. I, I, the, the main takeaway for me was how welcoming everybody was down there, uh, from Mike Wilner, who I was lucky enough to do two games with, to uh, Ben Wagner, Tom Young, the whole gang. It was uh, it was just terrific. And, you know, one of those things where you try not to uh, set your expectations too high because who knows how it's actually going to be. But uh, it uh, it exceeded my expectations in terms of how much fun it was and, uh, you know, how uh, how welcome I was made to feel. Was there any specific moment that stood out to you? You know, getting to call a uh, a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. double was a lot of fun, and it was a it was a fun moment because two different uh, the, the same pitcher threw him the same pitch twice in a row, and he swung and missed the first one. And I remember Mike Wilner saying, "Oh, that's one of the few times we've seen Vlad look bad on a swing." And then the very next pitch, he did quite the opposite. He drilled one into left center. So that was a that was fun to see him make one, as we've seen him do so many times in the minors. Tyler, you've seen these players. You are seeing a lot more. Let's say, for me, there are a couple of guys that I remember, and there have been guys over the years, but it's because I've been with the Lugnut so long. How was it seeing your uh, New Hampshire Fisher Cats wearing those Toronto Blue Jays jerseys? You're calling them just like you had before, except now it's elevated on the higher level for both them and you. It was just a feeling of pride for us just to be able to see all those guys down there. I think there were 10 different non-roster invitees who were on the Fisher Cats championship team um, down in spring training this year. So I knew we were going to see a lot of them. It was awesome to see not just guys from this past year, but from a couple of years prior, like Anthony Alford, Reese McGuire, guys like that. Um, I'm always surprised when somebody remembers me after a week, let alone after a couple of years. So that was a, uh, very fun to see those guys again. And, and, and of course, uh, John Schneider, I think everyone up and down the system can agree. It's uh, great to see him getting a chance to coach at the big league level, and uh, it's a well-deserved opportunity for him, and he's doing great so far. Was there anything that surprised you about the experience? What was surprising about the experience? Um, that all of the ushers and secretaries and staff assistants remembered my name from five years ago. That kept standing out to me. And I try really hard to remember names and faces and all that, but um, it didn't get quite everybody. But it was really cool. As you know, I worked down there 2013 and 14. So to have uh, that many people uh, remember me was uh, really touching. That made me feel right at home right away, and it kind of helped to shake the nerves a little bit for me. You were a memorable guy. And finally, let me ask you the same thing, Tyler, that I asked Jim, which is, is there anything that you're taking away from that experience, either to help you out professionally over the course of this next season or personally? 
Well, a, a wise man who actually was probably you, Jesse, you give me all this wisdom, once told me that uh, more important, especially in, in big opportunities like that, to just kind of enjoy the moment, A, because you, you never know if it'll happen again, but, but B, because if you're worried about your demo reel, how it's going to sound, it's always going to sound probably forced or a little bit too played up and not natural. So I was lucky enough to remember that and just kind of enjoy the ride. We, we had enough big plays during uh, the innings I was lucky enough to call where I, you know, those are memories I'm going to have forever. So it was uh, it was an absolute blast. I, I, I don't know officially if Ben Wagner's taking credit for putting all of it together, but he's the guy I feel the most gratitude for, for having gone to the minors like us and then still looking out for guys who are uh, coming up from behind. So, um, there's a lot of gratitude um, from us up here in New Hampshire, and we hope it's a tradition that continues because uh, even beyond me, there's just so much broadcast talent in the Granite State alone that we'd love to continue showcasing uh, if this thing continues for a couple of years. Not only is Ben Wagner not taking the credit, he's doing the opposite because I tried to give him the credit while I was there, and he said, everyone's trying to say that I had something to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. Congratulations. So we'll have to look elsewhere except for, you know, Ben's modesty. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We, uh, I think you get your modesty from him in a way. That, uh, he kept deferring credit. That was interesting, Jesse. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. On Twitter at LT underscore underscore Murray, the voice of the people, Tyler Murray of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. We'll check that and back in with you when it's time for real baseball. Look at your opening day roster and all the prospects that you'll have coming in. It's that time of year, Jesse. Nothing better than getting the nest, and all the best, my friend. Tyler Murray with New Hampshire. Now let me bring in Pat Malacaro. Pat with the Buffalo Bisons, the voice of the herd. Pat, when I was listening to you, and then when I went down to Florida, and I talked with people about your broadcast, they said you and Ben, it was like you had not missed a moment working together. It was that easy. Yeah, and I'd like to take some of the credit for it, but just like Tyler just, just mentioned to you, uh, I think a lot of the credit goes to Ben and, you know, just how, how good of friends we are, you know, forget the baseball side of it. And um, if, if it wasn't for him getting the Bison's job over a decade ago, uh, we wouldn't have come to know each other, but, you know, we're similar age, so we have similar interests. And I think it just comes across that we're friends and it's just friends having a good time, whether it be for three hours at the ballpark or, or three hours before the game, just, um, chewing through the fat of, of what, what the game could be like and, and all the prep that goes into it. So um, I'm glad it sounded that way because, really, um, you know, I, I could not have asked for, for a better uh, partner to be paired with, both with him and with Mike Wellner. Tell me about the experience for you. Uh, it was great. Um, I was fortunate enough to uh, be down for, for an entire four days or four games, um, and when the folks at Sportsnet 590, the fan, Jason Rosan, uh, first contacted all of us, um, I was excited about what, what the possibility could be, not knowing that uh, he was going to ask us to, to call games. But um, when I told him the dates that I was going to be down there, you know, I expected, to, all right, you, you can do maybe two games uh, or something like that. But uh, for him to entrust me with, with four games and then uh, to get to do two road games as well, uh, you know, get a chance to, you know, it's something as simple two hours one way and two hours back with Mike Wilner. Or uh, one day I, I got a ride with Hazel May and, and Rick Houston from uh, the Sportsnet TV side and getting a chance to interact with them. Uh, you know, I, I've seen uh, Hazel before and said hi, but never had a chance to really 
uh, talk off the field and get to know uh, both her and Rick a little bit. So to me, that those are the things I'll, I'll take away the most. Is it was a lot of fun calling the games. It, it's an opportunity that I will never forget, and something I'm always going to be grateful for. But um, really, a lot of the off the field stuff too is is what I'll take take from it the most. Did you find there to be a biggest challenge for you? Well, I think just the inherent nature of spring training. Um, you know, we we have a 25 man roster throughout the season. Or, or any any given day, you might have a roster move here or there, or you have to worry about a defensive change maybe, or a player you expect to be in the lineup that, that isn't that's getting called up. But I think what it got to be later in the game, and uh, my last day in was the uh, home game against the Phillies. I believe it was the Phillies. And they made a wholesale change. All nine players, including the, the pitcher, uh, changed from one half inning to another. So, you know, I, I think part of it was just wanting to make sure a, you get everything right, that, that's, that's your job, and B, so that it doesn't sound like you're just, um, you know, you don't know who these guys are because, you know, you put prop work into it ahead of time. So uh, I wanted people to know that, that we, we understood who was going to be in the game. It, maybe there's an interesting story or two we can tell about the, that player. So uh, that was probably the most challenging part is, you know, all the changes that happen over the course of a spring training game. Well, Pat Malacaro, you can hear his games on Fan 590, right? Every now and then. And I remember when this first started, when Ben was the voice of the herd, that the Blue Jays don't have that game that night, that they'll carry your games on the airwaves. And especially with the team that you've got in, with Rowdy coming to Buffalo, with Bo, with Vladdy once healthy, how pumped are you for this upcoming season? It's going to be great. And, you know, not not to knock Kevin Biggio either. There's so many great players that are going to be here. That's right. This year so. Yeah, I mean, you know, the reigning uh, Eastern League MVP and Rookie of the Year. So uh, it's going to be a young team here this year. Uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be 12 more uh, summer dates uh, starting, uh, I want to say, the beginning of June. Um, uh, yesterday, I know uh, the folks at, at Sportsnet uh, mentioned that they're, they're going to be carrying our broadcast again. So we're, we're grateful for that partnership. Um, you know, there, there, were, there was an instance last year, I remember, where uh, when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. debuted here, uh, they didn't take the game necessarily, but Every time he had an at-bat in his first game, they made sure to cut into whether it was primetime sports or if the Blue Jays were playing, they make sure to play the highlight of the at-bat. So the partnership with Sportsnet 590, the fan, has been great. Um, we're looking forward to those 12 games. And, and the other opportunities that having uh, the, the best prospect, the number 11 prospect overall in baseball, and an exciting team uh, are the possibilities that, that, that are there for, for us and the folks in Toronto. I love it, Pat, at PatWGR on Twitter. Have a lot of fun. We'll check back in with you throughout the course of the season. Can't wait. Thanks, Jesse. And from Pat Malacaro in Buffalo, let me bring in Rob Bain Nation, the voice of the Vancouver Canadians. Now, we're going chronologically. So it was Jim Tarabokia who got to call the first spring training game of any of us broadcasters. And then from Jim, it was Tyler Murray and then Pat and then Rob and I were there at the exact same time. So I called the game, I got rained out, and then Rob took it, and Rob was right there in his second consecutive year calling spring training games last year for a different reason than this year. So, Rob, let me ask you, this year, back in spring training, how was this season with Scott MacArthur at your side? Uh, it was phenomenal, Jesse, and thanks for having me, by the way. It's nice to be back with all the gang. So. Uh, I right? would say this for all of the it, it is good with all of the stress that came with 2018 
of course, the audition and just the uncertainty of what was going on, this couldn't have been better. There were so many moments where I looked around, be it at Scott or uh, just at the stadium, and thought, this is how baseball should feel. It was fun. It was light. Um, the Blue Jays were, of course, answering a number of questions, and so there was always storylines to chase around. Uh, I couldn't have asked for anything more. And Scott MacArthur, and I think you would agree, having sat in the booth with him, uh, he's going to provide a huge breath of fresh air. I mean, I think Ben and Mike already do an outstanding job, but to add just that sense of humor, um, the attention to detail, but most importantly, just a, a different depth to that broadcast, I'm super excited to listen this coming season. Agreed. And that was something working at his side that he would surprise me. Here's the opinion that he wanted to share next, or here was something that he had noticed, or, yes, the wisecrack, because a baseball game should be fun. Rob, there in spring training this year, was there anything that stood out for you this season that you're going to bring into this coming Vancouver season? I just think a lot of fans really care about the storylines. And I also have learned, just over trial and error, that people care about the details. They want to know miles per hour. They want to know spin rate and things that, you know, don't always necessarily play well on radio per se. Um, but I think there's just an extra level of due diligence on a broadcaster's end. Now that this game is changing, um, how do you balance the combination of telling stories and keeping your broadcast interesting with feeding this insatiable need for detail and analytic? And that is something walking away from spring training, even though it was just a small pocket of games that I thought, how can I do better at that? Because in the car of life or the car of baseball broadcasters, there's one person that's a diehard, there are two that are casuals, and one that doesn't know anything about what you're talking about. And over the course of the broadcast, how can you keep all four of those fans engaged? So to me, there's a lot of challenge ahead, but even just dipping my toe into the Blue Jay water once again, um, I came away super excited about what I can bring come June. I would say that a lot of times I've heard people separate storytelling and stats, and I think if a broadcaster can link them, however they do so. For example, if you tell a story, it, Sean Reed Foley comes to mind first for me. He showed up with the lug nuts in the second season with the team and suddenly was throwing a spike curveball out of nowhere. And so what's the story behind it? He and his older brother were doing a kid's clinic, and his brother said, Sean can't throw a curve. And Sean's like, ah, yeah, all I can do is throw a slider. And so they're working with the kids. The kids are trying to throw their best pitches. And Sean's like, well, let me try this grip. Let's see how it works. And out of nowhere, boom, Sean Reed Foley has a curve. Now from that, I can transition into how has it been effective or the spin that he gets on it or the tumbling action. But it's, it's the story tech, uh, storytelling linked with, and that's why he's dominating to the tune of striking out this many batters. But that, that can bring everybody in the car together. Story that effectiveness here's the pitch absolutely and you've got to do that with what is it about 20 seconds between pitches so uh <laughs> it, it, it's a beautiful dance I, I mean i look at i look at a baseball broadcaster and i again i only had the chance this year to work with scott MacArthur, so my sample size of course differentiates from what you know jim and a few others on this phone call have been able to do um Scott had a wonderful ability, even in his newness when it came to the play-by-play, -play, of combining, you know, here's what's happening, but here's why it's happening. So it, it just to, you know, reiterate what you said, um, I love the, it, the challenge that I face because my problem, and it's, it's really a crutch that I have as a broadcaster, is sometimes I'll go off on a tangent and I'll 
forget where I was. I'm just so happy to be at a baseball game and telling stories and stuff that you've got to be able to circle back and make sure that people know that, A, the pitch and the pitch was accurate, but more than anything, link it together with a story. So, again, 13 years in the biz, and I'm still learning stuff. With Rob Fay of the Vancouver Canadians. Rob, this is the earliest that I've ever spoken with you on Around the Nest because Vancouver (laughs) gets its season going in June. Uh, So... With the rest of us, we're right now trying to figure out who's going to be on each of our rosters. So I might circle Alejandro Kirk. Meanwhile, at each level, Dunedin, they're saying, send us Chavez Young, send us Ryan Noda. In AA, they're saying, all right, Kevin Smith is going to be in New Hampshire. Bo, Kevin, Vladdy, et cetera, in Buffalo. For you, are you already circling players and saying, I can't wait to see a Gabe Moreno? In a perfect world, absolutely. But I think I've learned that Vancouver is kind of the Yahtzee Cup of the Blue Jays organization <laughs> in the sense that you put all of you put all of these different players into the cup, you roll it out on the table, and you see what you've gotten. Um, blessing and a curse. Blessing in the fact that you get them first and you get an opportunity to see them. Curse in the fact that you've got to uncover a lot of stuff in a short period of time and eventually watch them as they ascend towards the uh, major leagues. I will tell you this. I was talking with Dennis Holmberg uh, during one of my days over at the minor league complex, and Dennis can go on with the best of them, especially when you get him talking about players that he's had under his tutelage. And he couldn't stop praising Alejandro Kirk and talking about the fact that if the Blue Jays last season, back in 2018, would have had an injury behind the plate, that even with the embarrassment of riches that they have at that catcher's position – he would have sent from Bluefield Kirk over everybody else to the major league level. He said, you know what? This guy is a unique cut. And I said, wow, more than Riley Adams, more than, you know, you're looking at McGuire, you're looking at all these different players. He said, trust me, this kid is a different cut of meat, and uh, he can hit with the best of them. He can call a game well ahead of his schedule. Uh, He just couldn't heap enough praise on Kirk. So if you get him this year, even with the Marinos in the world, I'll still be envious because I'll be looking at a guy that got some steep praise at spring training. The last guy I heard anything like that about was Vladdy Jr. That I know where Vladdy is in the minors, but he can hit in the major leagues right now. So that's good to hear about Alejandro. Rob, thank you very much Mm -hmm. for offering your recollections and your insights from spring training. Well, it's awesome, and I just want to say, Jesse, the fact that you're doing this this early, we had a chance to go out for lunch very briefly, and I just wanted to say Lansing's in such good hands, and everybody within the food chain that comes and does this broadcast is better for it. So thanks for kicking this season off so well. You bet. At Rob Fay Nation on Twitter, the voice of the seas, the voice of the Vancouver Canadians. I'll wrap things up, but it won't go short. I'll tell you a little bit more. I'm Jesse Goldberg-Strasser with the Lansing Lugnuts. We got a mysterious email, and I'll speak for myself personally. It was an email that was sent out by Jason Rosan saying, will you be in spring training? And it was sent to the broadcasters and looked at that email, and I thought to myself, well, now I've got to be in spring training. And this was what it all led to, was letting him know, here's when I'll be able to get there. I've got to fit it in my college basketball broadcasting schedule, but I've got to get down to the Grapefruit League and Dunedin. And so... Once it fit in, and once all the plans came together, you bet the nervousness started. So I'm listening to all of these games. I'm listening to Jim on the mic and Tyler and Pat and saying, what do I need to know? How should I dress? What time should I get to the ballpark? And what I learned was 1 o'clock game, I was there at 8 a.m., nice, sharp, ready to meet Scott MacArthur, who would be uh, my broadcast partner. And then working with Scott, 
preparing to call one game because my second game was rained out. I think that the biggest challenge that I had in front of me was trying to figure out how much to prepare. I had all of these players in front of me, all of the players that you see on the lineup card, right? All of the starters, and you know the reserves are coming in, so how much information do I need to take down? And I had my Word document, and I'm going through and writing down all the background, and yet trying not to have paralysis by analysis. And they're on the other side. They're taking on the Detroit Tigers. What do I need about, to know about the Tigers? Because what I've learned is if you are listening as a Blue Jays fan, you really don't want to hear that much about the other team except the pertinent details. This guy coming up right now is the top power prospect. It's home runs. Okay, we know who he is. We don't need to know too much else. Here's the pitcher on the mound. Here's what he can do. But you call the game from the Blue Jays' perspective over the course of the spring and summer. The Lugnuts' perspective. How do they fit in Lansing? How do they fit in the Blue Jays' organization? And what are their long-term goals? And so getting those down, and especially working alongside Scott, figuring out what is it that is the main story, what's the headline, and then everything in between, telling those little anecdotes that belong the way. Brock Detheridge comes up to the plate, I believe, in the top of the ninth inning for the Detroit Tigers. Brock Detheridge was a West Michigan Whitecap last year, and I remembered seeing a story after I had put out there, hey, Matt Shannon, reliever for the Lugnuts, his grandparents own 100 cattle. Someone had answered me saying, Brock Detheridge's grandparents own 500 to 600 cattle. And there's Detheridge standing it at home plate. And I quickly Googled this just to make sure that my memory was right. And from there, I hope that the at-bat lasted long enough that I wasn't trying to jam it in while Scott was broadcasting. And once I found that room, I was able to insert that detail. Those are the sorts of things that I loved as a listener to broadcast, those fun little tidbits, those anecdotes, that item that makes you say, huh, I didn't know that, and I wouldn't have known that if I wasn't listening or I wasn't watching the game. It adds to it, doesn't detract, and most importantly, it doesn't distract from what the game is. What I saw was a game where Clayton Richard went out there and threw a gem. Trent Thornton looked highly effective out of the bullpen, but Norris pitched the ninth inning. But the way that Thornton threw, I was not surprised that he got that starting rotation slot for Toronto. And it was fun seeing all of my guys going into the clubhouse after the game, checking back in with Bo Bichette, remembered me from his days in Lansing. That was fun. And that, to my mind, is what all of this is. This is the family. This is the entire organization of Blue Jays baseball that stretches all the way down. As all of us are together, we look out for one another, and we all want to see each other succeed. It's the whole rising tide lifts all boats. That's what we all want. I want to see the Lugnuts succeed, Dunedin, New Hampshire, Buffalo, Toronto, because it's all about lifting Toronto in the end and in the beginning. And then once the short season leagues start, it's fun watching Vancouver with Rob, Bluefield with Zach Heldon, right on down GCL, Dominican Summer League. Just some recollections today from the Grapefruit League, and you can check in with us. Ask any further questions that come up in your mind. Had a great time at the minor league complex checking in on everyone, and we'll be seeing all of our opening day rosters next week. For now, though, we'll call it a week. Big thanks to our SB Nation partner, Bluebird Banter, to the minor leaguer as well, who has supported us so well over the course of these years. It was great seeing Kate Stanwick from Bluebird Banter down in Florida and Dunedin. You should check out her photographic essay and her recollections of her time in spring training. I'm Jesse Goldberg Strassler. 
for Rob Fay, Tyler Murray, Jim Tarabokia, and Pat Malacaro. This is Around the Nest. Jay talking our way around the Blue Jays organization at Around Nest on Twitter. We'll be here all season long. Enjoy the baseball.